What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Matthew Anthony Hawkins here with another Around Town and Chilliwack podcast episode. If you haven't yet, I highly recommend you subscribe to us on iTunes Podcast, or you can check us out on PodBay. This podcast episode is brought to you by one of our wonderful sponsors. And if you too want to be a wonderful sponsor, contact us. That's contact us at aroundchilliwack.ca. And our sponsor for this episode is Mr. Ron Laser, local realtor, local owner of Decades Coffee Club, and uh, he does a wonderful job as a realtor. He has your best interests in mind. He will go the extra mile to help you either sell or buy your home. Now let's get down to it. This podcast episode is with none other than Amber from The Bookman, and we sat down and had a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. You're terrified of this? <laughs> always, right. always. We'll start it off that way. How about that, Amber? <laughs> So who am I sitting down with at the podcast table right now? Well, my name is Amber Price, and I own The Bookman downtown. The Bookman. Yes. Should we open the beer first to help like help you get a little relaxed? Because I'm totally comfortable and of fine. Of course you are. This is what you do. But I would never say no to some of old Yale Brewing Company's beer. And this is their brand new one. Juicy Tropical Hopped Sour. This sounds promising. Yeah. So I don't, I've, I haven't tried it, so I don't know inaugural journey it is and they also uh they just put out a pina colada beer Ooh, just and i tried it summer. the other night see that'd be nice it is it's a it was um they sell it in a four pack like the taller cans yeah yeah and it just came out this week they just canned it and put it on the shelves and it's uh it's good it's a, it'll be a delicious summer beer good I patio beer you even have the old yale brewing company glass you in betcha your hand. this reminds me i went to Glasgow and some of my sister's friends that were there took us out to the pub that was right in the neighborhood where we were staying and every time I went up and got around we would get these like super fancy like gilt rimmed glasses with the logo of the beer that we were drinking and every time Chaz her friend would go up and get around he'd get these like you know grotty old bar glasses but it was obvious we were the foreigners so we had to be treated with you know the royal china yeah and then the locals just like (laughs) here's your plunk Totally. And uh, the, so you have an old Yale glass, and I have a uh, Ten Corners home brew glass. This looks like one of the glasses that's made out of an old beer bottle. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I went to a workshop once where you could get that done when you brought your beer bottle and turn it into a cool little glass. Yeah. So these guys are Abbotsford and Chilliwack, and so that's why there's we have five corners in Chilliwack, and there's one in Abbotsford. Yes, there is. And so because they're both, uh, everybody's from Abbotsford or Chilliwack. Ten Corners Home Brew Club. I like it. So I you like have to it. you have to know somebody that knows somebody to get the glass. Ooh, you're so. connected. Yeah, you're connected. <laughs> so cheers. Cheers to a nice Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. That's a good sour. That is. That is juicy and tropical. We should go to the patio. <laughs> Podcast on the patio. Yeah, this feels like patio. Is there beer. a good patio in Chilliwack that you'd recommend? I often go to the Earl's one. I like the Earl's patio yeah. quite a bit. I'm trying to think. I haven't been in the Frankie's one yet. Have you? No, I haven't, but I've heard good things. Yeah, you see it when you drive by. I imagine it would be busy, but anything outside is always I've nice. heard Major Leagues, is. they also have a oh, good patio, right. too. right. Major Leagues. Yeah. I've never sat it. on it. I've been in, but I've never been in the, yeah, at the patio. I don't think I have been either. We're just about at patio weather. Yes, thankfully. Yeah. Finally, we have endured. <laughs> it's been a long winter, That's but not as bad as last year. True, true. Yeah. I think in BC, we're just kind of quintessentially wimpy about winter in general. We just want to be in California. I swear we think we're in California. No, see, I don't. 
I've spent enough time in Southern California. There's just so much smog and busyness and traffic and. It's true. And I guess they get rain for, you know, 10 minutes here and there. And that's about it. Not a lot of variety. Yeah. Yeah. I've been looking, I have like a secret obsession of looking at Canadian real estate. And every once in a while I'll look on the East coast and I don't know if you've ever looked at those prices, but they are so seductive. <laughs> and then I think about the winters and I'm like, yeah, maybe not. Well, like Prince Edward Island, you could have like a massive acreage. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're like half of what the price is just for a for small, house, small house and small lot. Yeah. 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 It's pretty fun to just kind of keep raising your limit dollar wise and being like, yeah, I could make that work. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll have my own lake. That looks good. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, but there's snow like eight months of the yeah. year. Then yeah. you have to buy a place in Arizona. Too, yeah. Right? <laughs> so all of a sudden that, yeah. that price tag goes up a lot Ew. higher. <laughs> yeah. Pipe dream. So Amber from the Bookman. Yes. How did you get into the Bookman? Uh, I was born to it. Yeah. Matthew, as they say. Yeah, it's destiny. You know, my mom and my dad are such different people. My mom has so much formal education and my dad has so much life education and they happen to meet up in... Uh, the Yukon and fall in love and decide to have a family. And so here's my mom with her very formal education and my dad, you know, he was a nurse and he'd gotten like barely his GED and he, he had always haunted used bookstores when I was a kid. We would always go around. I liked the ones that had toys. I remember that. Yeah. And he would have these little you know, lists in his pocket and <laughs> our whole basement had bookshelves lining every room and we would take this orange suitcase to the library every week and fill it up with books like books were just a part of my life yeah and I remember when he left nursing and bought the bookstore I used to have to choose between Saturday chores or going to the bookstore and most of the time I would choose to stay home and do the chores really <laughs> but as life grew on I became more and more involved in the bookstore I started enjoying it I started making it mine and in my early 20s, it became my choice to be there full time. So. so how long have you been there full time now? I have been there full time for 19 years. Wow. Yeah, it'll be 20 years full time. Does it feel like long. it's been 19 years? It's so funny how time passes. I feel like you have lived so many lives by the time that you get to be about 40. I don't know if you experienced that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it feels like 20 years when I actually think back that long yeah yeah and yeah. i'll be like i remember when <laughs> i remember when we printed our first book label you know yeah i remember when we mailed our first package like all of these milestones spanning back the last two decades so, right yeah um so your dad was on i think it was season one we had him on for a podcast he episode. was i listened yeah. to it i really enjoyed it he's i just i can't get enough of just sitting there listening to your dad he's because he'll go off on some story. Like even Always. when we film together, we've done some video projects together. Yeah. Minute with the book man. Yes. He is a diva when it comes to being on TV, on to video. He's just such a natural, genuine person. Like you yeah. can't, you don't need to do a second take because he is just who he is at yeah. any time of the day. Well, he's always busy. Yes. Right? He is. He's like, he's always doing something somewhere. Yes. And so he would like walk. I'd be like, oh, I'm ready for you, David. And he'd walk right in front of the camera do his his spiel and then doesn't check are you done or is that good or and then just walks out yeah. next thing you know he's in his car and he's off he's gone yeah you've lost him <laughs> yeah. i'll be like where did my dad go and they're like oh he left five minutes ago and that'll be it like i won't see him again till supper time or yeah because he's off like collecting books right <laughs> yeah. or 
And my mom will say, I think they've been married for 46 years. She'll often say, oh, I've never heard that story before, David. You know, it'll be a story (laughs) from like his 20s or his 30s. So he's just lived a very rich and varied life. Yeah, because he did a lot of traveling when he was younger too, right? An obscene amount of traveling and not ordinary traveling. It was a different time that people I don't think can even imagine. Like he hitchhiked through Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, like you, you just couldn't do that. So did now. he share those stories with you when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, did it yeah. inspire you to want to do that? Or was it kind of like, whatever, dad? Well, that's cool. I have a personal favorite story of my dad's that I think at some point before the end of my life, I don't think I will actualize the whole part of it, but I definitely need to get to the Great Pyramid. And I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but my dad was in Egypt and he gained access to the Giza Pyramid and he climbed it and he he slept atop of it. And in the morning when he woke up, you know, he was only, I think, in his 20s. Uh, at that time, he decided he would carve his name into it. This is probably why people are not allowed on top of the Great Pyramid anymore. People like my dad being up there. And as he was doing, you know, finding a spot, he saw the initial H with the last name Short. And of course, my grandfather's name is Henry Short. So months later, when he returned to England, he asked my grandfather, you know, Dad, did you ever go to Egypt? And during World War One, my grandpa had been stationed there and he climbed the Giza Pyramid and he carved wow. his name into it. Wow. So I always think to myself, I'm going to have to get up that pyramid somehow one day and de- yeah. defile it with my initials, you know? <laughs> Generationally defile it. Yeah, but yeah. This, is, this is the legacy that my dad has left. And my sister, I would say, took more of the travel bug. She travels extensively and has lived in so many countries. And I've been to a lot and I love it, but by no means as extensive as hers. Right. Yeah. So what was it like growing up as daughter of the bookman? Like... Obviously, it instilled a love of books for you. A love of books, for sure. I don't know, like a deep abiding patience for the process of life. My dad always says to me, this too shall pass. This yeah. is one of his his catchphrases that I like. Mm-hmm. And I think that patience, that gentleness, that discipline, that diligence in his life has definitely come through in mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh... There's there's no other bookstore like the Bookman, no. and it, it's taken work for you guys. Like, um, just like hearing things like the lighting that you guys put in. Oh yeah, all those details, right? And over twenty seven years, you get a lot of opportunities to get it right. Twenty seven years for yeah, the Bookman. It'll be twenty eight this September. That's amazing. Yeah, and. You know, I think about like when I go into any business now, not just a bookstore, any business, I'm always just doing that kind of Terminator scan of it. Like, (laughs) what are they doing? What's different? You know, what's something that gives their business an edge or something special? What are they paying attention to? And how can I incorporate that back into my business? And several times we've been honored with awards like business of the year. And I always think like, Oh geez, like that's my that's my new bottom rung. Like yeah. I'm gonna have to step up my game if that wow. was if that was my level of excellence. Then now that has to be my new starting point. I have to find something different or better or raise us up or maintain those standards in a new way. So yeah, never wow. rest on your laurels. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, being downtown, what are some of your other favorite businesses that you you like to frequent downtown? Oh, downtown is awesome I mean I live downtown on on purpose I love the downtown area and you know I'll go do my little trifecta of Saturday shopping where I go to the mad butcher and then I go to uh, produce gone wild and go to banana bakery and do that little circle there 
Um, those are some of my favorites. And in the downtown core, if I need a gift, I always pop into button box, Jeannie, yep. what she does in there. It's like it's walking amazing. into a Pinterest board. I'm like, is this even real? <laughs> yeah. I need to and go her Instagram accounts, like amazing. It's like, yeah, yeah. world-class Creekside. I love, I feel like every time I go into Creekside, it's Christmas. Like that, that <laughs> is my start of Christmas is walking to Creekside to get my ornaments and things like that. Yeah. I feel like imbibed with the spirit immediately. The new menu at the Royal Hotel. Have you been? Everyone keeps telling oh, me I got to try it. I, I follow mercy. them online and it's like just from the pictures alone, I'm like, oh. I went um, for lunch a little while ago with a friend and he had the macaroni and cheese with pulled pork. And I was like, oh, that sounds like so rich and decadent. And I took one bite and like it's the, <laughs> it's the kind of food that you dream of. You know, you're yeah. like, it's a rainy day. What I really want to do is go get some of that pulled pork mac. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I love it there. I mean, just from the restaurants like Shandar Hut or, you know, a simple little restaurant, but so good over at Fog Galaxy or Yale Sushi. Yeah, I, I do it all downtown. Yeah. I don't have you tried it. the new kebab place? I have not. I've heard I've amazing things. To. It's on every single person's feed in my social <laughs> yeah. media, making me want, you know, all of the deliciousness. And it's a cool story, too. Like the Syrian refugees yes. that have set up in Chilliwack yes. and they're, you know, making a go of, of business and life in Chilliwack and like kudos to them. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. I'd hoped that there would be some new cuisine out of the new people that arrived in our town from Syria. Yeah. No, I can't wait to get over <laughs> there. Here. Like it's, it's going to be good. So yeah, yeah. the pictures I've seen look delicious. Delicious. So the, speaking of food, um, usually every podcast guest, I will ask them where their favorite place to dine for lunch in downtown Chilliwack is. Downtown Chilliwack. Well, if you I had would, one choice. Ooh, that's tricky, but I would have to go with the Royal Hotel right now. Yeah. Their menu is that good. I really think really? people need to check it out. So what did you have when you were you were there? Um, I had one of their burgers, which was outstanding. And I tried what everybody else at my table was having too, which is always nice. Yeah. And then of course I'm, you know, watching other people as they're ordering, thinking like, I gotta get that next time. <laughs> but I have been literally sitting in the same corner booth since I moved here with my family when I was sixteen. So it's really cool all the different incarnations of the mm-hmm. Royal. I would say this is the strongest one by far. Really? To sit in that corner booth and just kind of like time warp through all those different phases of my life with my shaved head or you you know, all these things. Yeah. Same booth, different food. Yeah. Different amber. <laughs> yeah, different amber. <laughs> you you recently sat on the board for Chilliwack Tourism. I did. And yeah. you've since stepped down. Mm-hmm. So how long were you with tourism? You know, I was trying to figure that out and I actually have no idea. I should probably ask them to clarify that for me. I don't know if it was five years or ten years, but I can say <laughs> that it was a very meaningful Signif- experience. Yeah. And there's something magic about being in a room full of people that are passionate and committed to your community and growing the economy and attractiveness of your community and watching that evolution, especially through social media and getting really comfortable uh, working with social media through tourism. That was a really cool process to watch. Such a cool group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Doing great things for our town. So what what are some highlights then, thinking back on your time with tourism uh working with brian minter was awe-inspiring he is such a positive accomplished interesting person i loved working alongside of him um was he a help towards your business like was he a mentor or or 
or was it just being able to engage with him and see how he did things? He just has such a large vision for things. His mind and the way that he sees our community is always much larger than himself. And you can right. see that evidenced. That's just how he operates his life is with, with a largeness and a bigness to his vision. So being next to somebody like that is just a really cool experience. And I watched the transition between the old director, Brian Coombs, and Alison Goldfrupp, who's with them now. Mm -hmm. And that was also really neat to see such two strong individuals with different passions who bring so much to Chilliwack and tourism in Chilliwack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I love too, like Brian hasn't left the community. No, like he's, he's with SEPCO now. With SEPCO now job. and Allison's at tourism. Like we've got some strong leaders that are. We really do. And uh, so you've stepped down. I have. Is there any reason why? Well, you know, I always feel like when I'm going to give myself to something, it has to be with 100% heart. And if I feel that my heart is losing any of its passion, I need to make room for somebody else who has that 100% passion. Right. And I also try really hard not to spread myself too thin because then you can't bring the best of yourself. Has that come from personal experience? Yeah, very much so. You know, I watch especially women um, give too much of themselves. And I think it's something that we're capable of. So we're guilty of. And I think when you take personal responsibility for that predilection inside of yourself to give too much and say like, where do I really want to put my energy so that I still have time for my family? So I still have time for myself, which is really important. Yeah. So sometimes pulling back allows you to give more. Giving less is giving more. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. And that's something that uh, just from following you online, you seem like you've learned that maybe in the last year here where you've really had some tough lessons that you've kind of pulled pulled from your own experiences? Very much so. I talk, I'm very close friends with Dr. Karen Bondar, and of course her career is exploding right now. Yeah. And I talk, I was talking with her last night about the idea of leveling up in life and what that's like, that process of metamorphosing into this new level of yourself and stepping up into that new level. It is hard work to get to there that new vista, that new plateau where you can set new goals and be a new version of yourself. It's hard work getting there. Mm -hmm. And I had been through a couple of years of real transition. I became a mother, which I, wow, <laughs> bow down to that the mothers. That changes everything. Bow down to the mothers. <laughs> if you see one on the street, just automatically bow down. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was uh, transformative and it leveled me up in a way that I couldn't have anticipated. And I think during that time, um, I needed more support than I knew how to ask for, which is, I'm very guilty of. I'm, I'm a very capable person, so asking for help can be hard. So I think coming out of that baby haze, which happens naturally at about three years, has been uh, refreshing and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I feel like myself again. Yeah. So you've stepped down from the tourism board, something you were very active in. Um, is there a reason why? Is there something else you're looking to do in the community? I definitely feel that at some point in my life, whether it's this term or next, that I would love to serve the community by sitting on city council. But I have also felt that there has been an enormous push back into my business in the last few years. And I have my sights very clearly set on another branch of the Bookman on the really? south side. Yeah. Um, Anywhere in particular on the south side? I've looked at 
properties in Garrison in particular, but of course I'm, you know, sussing out the entire Sardis mm-hmm. area. I've worked with a couple of realtors and have looked at some spaces and trying to decide where best would serve the bookstore. So that would be location number three. That would be location number three. I'm just getting my software up to speed. And once it's ready for more than two stores, then that's something that I definitely want to create more jobs, more opportunity, more economy. So one of the things that I find people don't know about the Bookman is one, like it's your flagship store is downtown Chilliwack on it Wellington. Is, it is. You have another store in Abbotsford. We do. Uh, but besides the actual physical store, yes. you guys are huge online. Oh, right? we've sold online for a long time. And while I would say that that marketplace has changed significantly over the last five to 10 years, it's still a large component of what we do, especially with rare and antiquarian books. And so where are you selling those books online? Uh, we sell them on five different platforms online that are sites that are dedicated to the selling of books. And we ship worldwide every day. Lots of our customers are down in the States. We get a lot of repeat business, but we ship books to every country that you imagine. We just sent a gorgeous box set of Harry Potter over to Japan last week. Wow. And they were very excited about their purchase. So those kinds of things are really neat. Um, Eric in- Matthews, he ah, helps you out. And he's going to be on the podcast too. I love Eric. Yeah, so he teaches my son guitar. Yes. That's how we got to know him. And then we've gone to a few of his concerts and and things. And yeah, talented guy. Talented and so interesting and so intelligent and so philosophical. Yeah. He's a very cool guy. We're very lucky to have him at the store. So he helps you guys with a lot of the shipping, right? Like He he... does. He is our official driver. I think it's his kind of downtime. His (laughs) chill out time is when he comes and, you know, interacts with all of us sassy broads at the bookman and gets in his bookmobile and, you know, does all of our running around for us, takes our books to the post office, goes down to CMAS to do our mailings, transfers books back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. He's a great guy. But another part of why I stepped down from tourism was Mm -hmm. the last, this is horrible to say, (laughs) but the last phase of my parents' life is coming. Yeah. It's interesting because I've gotten to know your dad. I've sat down numerous times with him. And uh, I've sat down with your mom, right? And I've had coffee with your mom and she's lent me books. And so... Uh, I've been fortunate. I feel very fortunate and honored that I've been able to sit down and, and capture things from their life yes. on camera. They um, are incredible human beings. And I think especially since I've had a son, it really reminds you how fleeting and fast time moves. Oh, for sure. And being an adult and getting to be friends and colleagues with my parents has been an, an amazing experience that I don't think a lot of people get to have. And we talked many times about the idea of multi-generational living. And I, uh, last month, purchased a property on Fairfield Island, and we are all shacked up together. (laughs) I I tease and, um, you know, I say, like, I'm living with my parents again. (laughs) And I am, but it's so cool. And I haven't even had to ground them yet, which is great. Well, that's good. Because I I feel like your dad... It's someone that you may have to lay down some rules for. It's so true. Dad, you can't put books by the front door. The books would take over the whole house. (laughs) You know, now when I wake up in the morning, Papa and Julian are having breakfast together. And I think that taking more time to have time with my family during this precious, precious time was something I needed to do. Oh, and think of it for your son too, right? Like all that time he's getting with your parents, like... 
It is. It's not something that most kids get these days. It's magic. It's magic. I feel like the rest of the world knows something that North America doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was... I saw your dad at a thrift store um, doing surprise, his thing surprise. Yes, in one of his lovely sweaters. And if you're not sure about where the sweaters come from, you should uh, either listen to the podcast yes. with him or one of your videos because he covers it in the video too. Yes, my dad has his own, you know, capsule wardrobe. <laughs> my dad is the originator <laughs> of the capsule wardrobe. <laughs> and so we get talking and, uh, you know, he's buying his books and he it was the day before they were set to move in with you guys. and Yes. Um, he was saying how your son, uh, he's like, I think he gets the short end of the stick on all of this. <laughs> what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, he used to be able to go over to grandma and grandpa's house. And it was kind of like, that was the treat. And then he had his house and like, and now it's all just going to be combined into one. And it's just kind of like, he's going to wake up uh, the next day and it's going to feel very different. for him. It's going to feel very different for him. And it has, it's been, it's been really interesting to watch that transition, but what it does mean is he has that many more chances of a yes. When he wants a book read to him, oh, yeah. or he wants to play truck. Like it's not just Adam and I now he can also ask my mom and my dad. And yeah. one of us will break down and be like, sure, let's play race cars. So yeah. His odds of entertainment are up. Oh, it's amazing how kids step. will like they split like they they'll go I'm gonna go to mom and see what she says, mm-hmm. and as long as she as long as dad doesn't hear what I'm asking her, <laughs> then I have a chance to go over to dad and ask him like so now think of that like he's gonna play the field there. He's been getting a lot more treats. I think that's necessarily <laughs> what I would give him, but you know Papa's there so yeah. That's awesome, yeah. though. It's really neat. It's uh, it's not something that I could have imagined necessarily for my life, but I spent time teaching English in Taiwan when I was younger, and I remember them talking about multi-generational living and me explaining the idea of care facilities to them, and they looked like I had shot my cat in the, <laughs> in the classroom that yeah. I was in. They were horrified, and they said, but, you know, your parents took care of you for the first 18 years of your life. How could you not take care of them for the last 18 years of them? Theirs? Yeah. Yeah. And it it stuck with me on a soul level in a way that I didn't realize. So, right. Yeah, it's been cool. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so how are you liking living on Fairfield then? I am amazed at the amount of families that are there. You know, we've been in downtown Chilliwack. I've had a house downtown for about the last 10 years. And we were next to Corbold Park. And you would see kids now and then. But you go to Fairfield and it's like a party every day. There's (laughs) just families everywhere. So he's making friends and playing with people at the park. And that's been really cool. That park, Fairfield Island Park, is incredible. It is. Yeah. Yeah. What a facility. Uh, My wife uh, pretty much walks around it every morning, Monday to Friday. Yes. Because she drops the kids off at Strathcona. Oh, and then our kids are going to go to school together. Mm, maybe not. Maybe No, yeah, maybe with my daughter. <laughs> See, this is the way of my life because I was the late bloomer to being a mother is that all of my friends have kids who babysit <laughs> my kids. <laughs> but we we ended up, Debbie and I, we had we started having kids younger. So yes. we're kind of, I when I talk to my peers, they're like same with you. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got younger kids and you know, my oldest is uh, he's got one year left in middle school and then he's in high school. And I have other friends that are like, their kids are just going into kindergarten. And I was like, man, I don't know if I feel really old or like I, <laughs> I, I feel mixed about it. Cause it's like, we've kind of done all that kindergarten stuff yeah. and we've gone through all of that. And you're through that. So yeah. Like we're like... at the point now where we can go out, Debbie and I, um, and leave the kids at home. Yes. And it's it's weird. It's like a strange fantasy for me one day that will be in the future. Future. Yeah. But future. it's weird. It 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 
like you like we've mentioned a few times already today like it goes by fast it goes like, by time is fleeting incredibly fast I feel like before I had what I, I used to call children time measurers because I didn't have one. My friends had one and they would say, you know, he's two, he's three, he's four. And I'm like, oh, you have a time measure. Like, I don't have a time measure. <laughs> and now I have my own little hourglass of a child and watching time manifest in his body is so surreal. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty magical. Wow. It's pretty magical. <laughs> so you've been downtown Chilliwack for almost 20 years, working downtown Chilliwack mm-hmm. for what what do you want to see happen? What would you like to see? I mean, you go to really intentionally designed communities like the village in Whistler or Fort Langley, and you see that cohesive vision that's been carried out. So I think having that cohesive vision is a huge part of it. Knowing what you want your community to look like, which is something that Chilliwack has really been putting effort into with their long-term plans for downtown. For me, I, I do love the heritage aspect of downtown, and I think that even if it's just the aesthetic of it, it needs to be honored, but I am all about densification, baby. Yeah. Bring more people, bring more buildings, bring high-rises with businesses underneath. Make that model above. work. Yeah. You have to have adequate housing. We have an incredible shortage of housing in Chilliwack, a special rentals. rentals. We are under 2% occupancy rate. So I think anything that creates more housing is great. There's been something that's recently gone through with sweeting. I don't know if you were reading about that. So they're giving like green lights to secondary suites, basically across the board, which I think is very beneficial, not just for, you know, people who need a place to rent, but the people who own places, it's more expensive to buy now. So it offsets some of that expense. Love that. Yes. And I drive around downtown and my heart just sings. Like I was driving down, um, young, is it young? Yeah. Young today. Or was it Yale? I get those two mixed up every (laughs) single time. The one with the high school on it. Okay. Um, Yale. Yale. There we go. And there's this little micro cosm of I think five brand new houses that have just been built there and there's all that huge townhouse complex over by Menzies and my heart just sings because there's all of this new life new energy new space for people to come and enjoy the valley and yeah densification baby bring it yeah bring it well and we've got the space for it downtown we do and that that is what downtowns are for any city you go into the downtown core has tons of people living in it it's bustling people are walking around and shopping and drinking coffees and going to the park and yeah yeah more people more better. um i've been fortunate enough to travel to a bunch of places in canada and the united states um a few of the towns that uh cities that i've been in new orleans was fantastic uh, for getting around, like whether you wanted to hop on a bike and hit one of the bike trails, yeah, um, or just wanted to walk, yeah. um, everything like you can, everything's within reach. Yeah, uh, Denver was amazing too. Wow. Um, it was just they even have uh, I think it's Sixth Street. It's uh, it's a mall they call it, but it's it's all open. Yes, not like the malls that uh, most people think of where it's inside. And, yeah, yeah, pipe music and, and they have a streetcar, free streetcar hop on and it all it does is go up and down the street yes. and so you can get anywhere on this stretch of the mall on a free streetcar yeah like it's fantastic and then uh, boulder colorado too that was so cool like um they had uh, it was an old street and they just converted the whole thing into a sidewalk 
Perfect. And then they have like street performers. Yeah, car-free zones. Bring it. Yeah. And then like the piano. Build a parkade with multiple levels. Stick your cars over there. We don't need to see your cars. (laughs) And then pave everything so that we can walk on it and interact with it. Yeah, walk or bike or whatever. That's what I love with Vancouver too with their uh, like co-op bike stations that they have. Very cool. But they're just too expensive. That's one thing I found. Yeah, they're they're hard to run. I've read some economic reports of those bike rentals and they don't do terribly well. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth losing a little bit of money to have that different aspect of transportation? Yeah. To encourage people, provide something different. It's more of an experiential thing. For sure. So sometimes I feel like maybe it's worth losing a little bit of money in infrastructure for some experiences. Yeah, like the city, the government, someone should like invest in that to Why not? make the city better, right? Why not? And then Chilliwack, I know, is looking at... Uh, more bike lanes like yes. everywhere like bike trails yes all around which i'm totally i'm hoping on board and maintain them please like let's yeah. get those street sweepers out because there's nothing worse than a bike lane that you can't <laughs> use but yeah bike lanes i remember when uh, our dear sam waddington was running i was so excited because i knew he was going to make things like that a priority yeah. well i think he's one of the ones that's helped bring in these bike lanes so he sure is <laughs> And then the other uh, thing that's happening too, which will be really close for you, is the uh, Hope Slough. Yes. They're really trying to clean it up and get it back. I'm going to be bringing my kayak down from my property up at Cultus, and my girlfriend and I are going to go paddle along. It's going to be great. Yeah. These things are important, and it's so funny. I, I have this growing theory about how things love you to put energy into them. They love to be touched. They love to be noticed. And the slough has just kind of been there. Yeah. Nobody's really noticed it or touched it or given it energy. And the idea that all we have to do is do a big cleanup. And then we have this like totally paddle, paddleable, is that a word? Sure. Uh, waterway that you can go down and you take, I remember back in my teens going down it on a river raft and we had some portable speakers with our cassette player <laughs> and we were just having the time of our lives. Your and, old ghetto blaster. Right? Way back in the day, the fancy <laughs> Did one. Did you have like the big batteries in it? That, like... Right? And it flipped itself. Like, oh, the wow. T- I know. Really fancy. Next level, yo. But I remember that experience and it being so relaxing relaxing on a sunny day and having that back would be great like where i lived by corbold park there's some kind of kayak trails that you can go but very few people use them so yeah it'd be neat to have just a little bit more. and the slough people like there used to be like diving boards and like public swims that would happen in the slough like Which nowadays I, would, I wouldn't do that now no <laughs> I, I wouldn't eat any fish i caught out of there right now but there's i everything can be brought back oh yeah for sure like even talking um with uh, some of the guys that um dart and tackle mm-hmm. they said like the salmon fishing in the slough back in the day was unreal oh, they I, said it was some of the best yeah walking down and watching them spawn they're still there they know about it they yeah. want to be there so yeah. let's encourage them but like it's just a, a lot of the farm runoff is, is what the is the big issue it is and so yeah. that i don't know if that's something that needs to be addressed or what but I yeah. think this is a start with like cleaning up the slough and making it accessible for people to use. And it is just needs a little attention and love. Yeah. Like everything else. Cause if people aren't looking at it, they're not going to like, if people aren't accessing it, they're not going to do anything about it. That's right. Right. That's and same right. with like, uh, all the Fraser river cleanup. Yes. Like oh. bringing people down to like Gill road. It's so awesome. I makes I, I love the power of social media. I, I think that it's still incredibly underutilized, but the ability to reach and what's the right word for it? Send people out to battle. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. 
<laughs> but yeah, the ability to reach people and then send them out to create positive change is so easy. Like it's such an easy way to amass energy. Yeah. And you know, somebody will post an angry picture of like a trailer that's been dumped in the river. And within a day, like people are literally up to their necks, like pulling stuff out of the river and watching that positive social change come sure. from something negative is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There- it's funny with social media, like it's, uh, there's positives and negatives to it yeah. because like the Chilliwack beware, like those groups that are on Facebook, wah, people wah, are, wah. <laughs> but people are like, Chilliwack's a horrible place. And you're like, what? it's, I don't think that there's necessarily that much more negative things going on. It's just that you got so many more people that have access to hearing that stuff's going on. Yeah, and I think right. the the beauty of putting, you know, the uglier underbelly of our town on social media is that it's going to have those people that it, you know, enrages them in the right way yeah. and wakes up the beast that's like, I'm going to create change. <laughs> so I think that, you know, you need that negative tide for somebody who's exceptionally positive to grab that bull by both horns and ride it out of the river, you know, that you have, you have to put it out there. So I think those people serve a very necessary (laughs) purpose in drawing attention to something that needs love. Oh, for sure. There's definitely things that need to change. There's no doubt. Um, But it's just funny how the negative things just, they seem to get more spotlight, right? Always. I mean, I, I want to bring up the very controversial flowers at the Evans roundabout. <laughs> Is everybody ready? You get ready the, with your the comments, giant people. distractions. Let's fight about flowers. Um, <laughs> But these kinds of things, I think, are so positive for our community. And you see all those negative comments. Of course, they're going to be on there. But I think Chilliwack, is, we're growing up. We're becoming a larger city. And seeing developments yeah. like that is really cool. But yeah, I love I love reading the comments. I know you're not supposed to read the comments. I hope the artist didn't read the comments. My gosh, my heart uh, for that artist. Yeah. But uh, there's there's a few of us in there, the bright lights. They're like, this is fantastic. This is <laughs> My fantastic. favorites, though, are like people writing things that... Uh, Oh, they're going to be so distracting when I go through the roundabout. Like, if you're if you're just if you're staring at the <laughs> the flowers, there's there's a other problem here towards your driving. Well, and like when you're out in Abbotsford, you know you've got those awesome big pieces the of raspberries public art. And last time, you know, the last hundred times I've driven through those roundabouts, there's no accidents. So. <laughs> But I have, I have always in my mind imagined one of those raspberries coming off and the, you know, sheer pandemonium that would cause. Just rolling yes. down the street. <laughs> raspberry going for the highway. But they're beautiful. And I mean, the one of them I think was designed by Susan Point, if I remember correctly. Okay. Which is, I love when they bring indigenous art into a roundabout, like they're doing out by Cultus Lake. I think yeah, it's the, so cool. Uh, the, vet, the new Vetter Bridge, right? They're doing I just, that. I love these beautifications of Chilliwack. I don't know if you've seen the hydro boxes. Yes. Yeah. Love the hydro. Yeah. Like, why not? Right. It's just like fresh air all over the place in Chilliwack. It's a very exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. So besides downtown Chilliwack, where on the south side of Chilliwack would be your favorite place to eat? Ooh, curly kale. People, don't be put off by that kale word, that curly kale. I almost don't want to say it because then I won't be able to get a seat. I had a duck confit sandwich there yesterday that just about made me pass out. I couldn't even have a conversation. I was like, (laughs) stop talking to me. I'm having a moment with this duck. A foodgasm. And they had the Caesar that I drank there. I was like, this is like actually... When people say these things, this is actually the best Caesar I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And it was. See, I, the one thing I don't like with their name is it sounds like they're a vegetarian restaurant. Dude, I had duck. Yeah. 
It was fantastic. And Everything Old Yale, there is... they serve curly kale sandwiches oh, now. That... And they have a panini press and stuff. Smart. Their chicken bacon panini that's is supposed Mike's, to be amazing. That's the Mike's focaccia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. on the left of the menu, down at the bottom on the lunch menu. <laughs> you go there a little bit, don't you? I go there a little bit. Well, when we're at the lake and we're coming back down. Oh, yeah. Like it's a like favorite, right there. Favorite place. But their breakfasts are divine. It's all locally sourced. They're very conscientious. Mm-hmm. Like... Their, their minds are set on what they are doing. Every And they serve just what's in season too, right? Like yeah. It's... And all their sauces are made themselves. Like that ketchup, that ain't Heinz, baby. Yeah. That ain't Heinz. The wow. ketchup's like theirs. Wow. The hot sauce is theirs. Yeah. Very intentional. It's wonderful. That's Definitely awesome. check it out. <laughs> I do like Frankie's when I like want to get dressed up and go out and be seen with my girlfriends. We go to Frankie's. <laughs> they make a very nice And apparently they have a great bar. Salad. Yes, they do. They have nice cocktails, and it's just a nice place to go have nibblies with your girlfriends, for sure. Yeah. What about the shop? Is there any places you love shopping? I'm trying to think. I'm not. Let's a- just say Chilliwack as a whole. Chilliwack as a whole. Where do I spend my money? I went to, uh, I had to get a new white dress shirt today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for my guys and flowers photo shoot we're doing tonight i'm so excited to see these images matthew i wish and so i wish you put some bananas on your head again i'm oh, gonna be God. i'm gonna be posting it uh on my instagram account mm. so uh you'll you'll see it good. <laughs> yeah. good um yeah so i today was uh, customer appreciation day downtown chilliwack yes and so you guys had some specials on at the Bookman, right? We did. We were giving some of our beautifully designed book bags away. Um, those are designed by a fabulous woman named Rebecca. She has a company named Diva Designs. She's a single mom with her kids, and she is a fantastic designer. If you need her to do anything, do you know her? No. Yeah. Diva Designs. Definitely I, the name sounds out. familiar, yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah. She designed our book bags for us, so we were giving those away. Um, I'm trying to think where I go quite often. I mean, I'm all over. I'm a big foodie. I like to eat out. I don't do a whole lot of shopping. (laughs) I I definitely eat out a lot. So we could do restaurants all day. See, like Mad Butcher, Produce Gone Wild. That's a weekly thing for me. Yes. Uh, And then uh, Town Butcher as well. Um, I've known Bill for years. Me too. Bill's great. And he's got fantastic food in there. He just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. And, you know... Anybody who's coming in from out of town who needs to make some dinner where they're staying, go to there. Yeah, just and Garrison Greens and Town Butcher, or if you're on the north side, you go to Mad Butcher and and Produce Gone Wild. And they're starting on the other side now, too. So Fraser Valley Meats is expanding and... Banana's going to be with them with Produce Gone Wild. Yeah. I lo- it feels very European, doesn't it? I, I love it because you can get fresh, healthy products in one stop. And it... It's just so much more genuine and intimate and connected. Yeah. You're looking at the people that you're supporting. You're looking sure. at the people that have put their passion into the products. You are supporting the people who live in your community. Yeah. Instead of having your dollars leave to go to somebody who lives in a mansion somewhere, you know, like <laughs> they're staying They does here. not care about you whatsoever. No, and the jobs stay here. It's an amazing way to support local economy and support your neighbors, literally yeah. your neighbors. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just so many good options. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So moving on, uh, any big plans for the bookman? Aside from opening another branch. What, what's um, what's the estimated timeline for that? 
I mean, I never like to overextend my expectations of myself. Um, I've been talking about it for a couple of years. I would say that Abbotsford, when I opened it, it took about five years from starting to think about it to actually doing it. And I've been talking about this for a couple of years now. So I'm hoping within the next two years. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And then other than that, anything else that uh, you're looking forward to in the future here? that too big of a question for yeah, like <laughs> all of my crazy plans that I have for the store I mean I think for me we're just we're re-looking at everything that we do all of the time I'm always exploring is there a better way to do things a more efficient way to do things and especially with the idea of expansion are our systems the best that they can be are we supporting all of our staff the best ways that we can uh, we've got um, a big hike in minimum wage coming up soon, and that's something that I've Impact really been small business thinking everywhere. about yep. as a small business owner. So really getting prepared for that and starting to move myself towards that before the deadline comes and I'm forced. Um, so creating more uh, financially equitable employment all the time at the bookstore so that by the time that minimum wage comes, we're not just hanging out there for our established staff. We're ready to move forward from there. So just really strengthening the business to ensure that we're there to support our staff who support us. So, yeah. yeah. Last question for you, because it seems fitting. I walk into the bookman today. What's the one book you're going to tell me that I have to leave the store with? Oh, because I know that can change any day, but I'm saying today. And it can change customer by customer, but I always come back to one, and it's Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I think that there are books that no matter how old you are, where you come from, your cultural heritage background, they will just strike a chord in you. And I think Man's Search for Meaning is so quintessentially human. And he asks the question, you know, what is it? that gives people's lives meaning. And he specifically looks at people who have survived the concentration camps. And there were people who would give away their scrap of bread and who would sing and who would whistle and who were still happy in the midst of this hell on earth. And he wanted to know, why do these people's lives still have meaning? Mm -hmm. So he breaks it down and you read it and it just fills your soul up knowing that there's these quintessential truths of having meaning in your life that anybody can find that anybody can connect with and i think that book is probably one of the most transformative i've ever read wow yeah so there we go powerful amber thank you so much for joining me and letting me bug you with a few questions <laughs> i'm curious to see what what you edit out <laughs> Hopefully that comment. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see how it comes together. I think you're such a positive force in our community. And ever since you showed me that book um, from, was it Quinnell? Small Town Love. Small Town Love. Amy Quarry. Yeah. Who's actually in town right now. No way. She's over at uh, the Heritage um, doing the, uh, what's it called? There's a, the... The trade show on this weekend. That's right. So she's got some products that she's been making up in Quinell and decided to travel down. And When you brought me that book, I mean, having your heart in your community matters. And I think that you're somebody that has your heart in your community. So I think we're really lucky to have you. Well, thank you. It's taken some time to figure out what I wanted to do in Chilliwack. Yeah. And uh, after, you know, sitting on the creative commission for SEPCO and uh, trying my hand at a few things. I feel like around town in Chilliwack is it's, it's expanding to what I have wanted it to be for a while. But again, it's, you know, I'm on the third year of doing these podcasts and 
uh, I feel like I finally kind of have a grip of where I want it to go and what I want it to do, what I want to do with it. So. And this is the leveling up that I'm talking about. You collect all that experience. You work so hard and then you arrive at your new place. So yeah. around town in Chilliwack, I think you have arrived. <laughs> it's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. Because like how Small Town Love I brought to you, like, I don't, like it must be six or seven years ago. At least. At least. And I yeah. remember being so pumped about it and thinking it's such a cool idea. And I feel like we're moving towards that culture of those really eclectic, interesting, neat businesses actually surviving long term yeah. in Chilliwack. Because people are investing money into That's them. That's right. Yeah. We're, we are learning to shop local. We are learning to support each other and to look at the incredible people and businesses we have in our own community. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Amber. Thank you.